0: This is Destiny Yarbrough destinyx.tv. I have a special guest with me today. We have Charlie Jordan with Bass the Lord. He is a musician and he is a a voice to the nations. He flows in the prophetic. He actually traveled with Kim Clement, the the prophet of the day, who everything he spoke about has come to pass in this time, in this, this genre, this generation. So welcome to the broadcast, Charlie. So tell us what's on your heart. What do you want to share with us? I know we have so much for you to share. We want to hear.
1: Well, first of all, thank you for inviting me on to your program. I'm I'm so honored and blessed to be here. I just thank God for what he's doing. And I I just think that uh, with us meeting and connecting, I think God is really putting together and mending his remnant yeah. throughout this country together, because we are living in some very, very exciting times. You know, the world says, oh my God, things are bad, things are this. And we, now we, as as far as the kingdom of God, his remnant, we see the light of his gospel. We see the light of his glory. We see the light of his word manifesting throughout. And and it's just, to, to us, it's an exciting time, because mm-hmm. now we are entering in the last day harvest that God so promised us so beautifully with his word. And so I'm so excited to be here. So that's the first thing that I wanted yeah. to say.
0: I love <laughs> that you said the harvest because right. that's the word that keeps coming in. I, I, I keep hearing the harvest, the harvest.
1: Yes. So, yes.
0: So tell us, you know, I know that the listeners and the viewers are going to be intrigued about some of your stories. I was honored and privileged to be with you um, at a conference not too long ago where you shared some of the stories in your journey with Kim. Uh, Tell us maybe, do you have a story that comes to mind that you take with you all the time?
1: I have so many. I really (laughs) do. I have so many. You know, it's like, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book. As a matter of fact, the book is actually finished and I sent it off to an editor. So I'm waiting for that to be finished. And I got so many of these stories in, in the book. The name of, of the name of my book is is The Prophet's Apprentice.
0: Ooh, I love yeah. that.
1: And so I'm real excited about that. I, I I really can't wait for that to be finished so that I can get that out so people can really, you know, read and find out some of the great things. I mean, you know, like I said, I got great stories. Where can I begin? Uh, I think one of the things that I want to talk about is. The nature of wherever we went, the thing that Kim and I we had in common was prayer. Mm. It was really prayer. you know, one of the things that that uh, I found out about Prophet Kim was that in his time of prayer, you know he he wasn't a regiment type prayer if 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 I can say it that way. In other mm-hmm. words, you know, he loved praying prophetically, and one of the things that I picked up from him was... Praying prophetically and how that and what that basically is, everyone. First and foremost, 90 to 95% of prophetic prayer is in the spirit, yeah. praying in the Holy Ghost. Yeah. And that's something that Him and I, I mean, it was just something that we did. We just love praying in the Holy Spirit. And then we would connect. Let me tell you a very interesting story. We were in the city of Houston. We were in the city of Houston. We was ministering at a church and he had his whole family there. And I was at a friend's house. I I like, when we traveled back in the day, I really didn't like staying in hotels. I actually liked staying in host homes. The hotel seemed to me to be kind of claustrophobic to me. You know, Mm -hmm. Like the four walls was coming in. And I just didn't like it, especially when we were in Detroit because we spent so much time in Detroit. So I told the prophet, I said, hey, I'd rather stay in a host home. That way I have a home environment. I don't feel like I'm in this closet or in this claustrophobic room all the time. And so I was staying host home. So I was staying with some friends there in Houston. He had his old family there with him. And so his kids was over at the house. Him and Jane was, you know, at the hotel. And so um, I I went in the prayer before, when we had did the meeting and then I did a little praying after the meeting. And then so we were all asleep and we all fell asleep on the couch. And, and uh, this was, you know, my friend and it was Kim's son. Caleb was over there, his daughter. And, and we all just kind of passed, out, you know, we've playing video games and we kind of, you know, kind of passed out on the couch there, you know, and it was around eight o'clock that morning. I heard Kim's voice, Charlie, it was very audible. It was. It was powerful. It was strong. And I, I said, "Oh, Kim, Kim, you're here, uh, you here? You, you here to pick up uh, the kids?" And I, and I. That's what I said. I actually began to speak. And I, when I looked up, he wasn't there. I said, "Wow, that's odd. Maybe I dreamt that." Okay. So we go to the meeting that night. We go to the meeting that night. We finish the meeting, and now Kim and Jane they come over to the house where we were because. Uh, the the couple there, they would, you know, fix food for us and everything. So this was the last night of these meetings there. Mm-hmm. And so we were sitting down at the table and we were eating. And um, I told them, I said, you know, something very strange happened uh, this morning, you know, came around eight o'clock. It was eight o'clock, uh, uh, you know, pretty much sharp. And I heard, Charlie, I heard you, And I I looked up, it it, it was so audible and so real that I started talking to you. I said, oh, so are you here to pick up Caleb? And and everybody, because Caleb was there. And i raised up and you weren't there. And he said, Jane, 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 tell them what happened this morning. So Jane started telling us right at eight o'clock, Kim began to pray in the spirit in his sleep. And he was praying out loud. He was, he was just, and it it was so loud that it woke her up and she woke him up and she said, what are you doing? He said, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm asleep. Mm -hmm. But what was happening is that the spirit of God connected us in such a way that see, before I went to sleep, I was praying in the spirit. Okay. And then he was praying in the spirit At that time at uh i I guess around eight Mm o'clock and it was like this the spirit of god connected us and then this is what god said to him god said this he said charlie what that means is that your deep and my deep we have been calling out to each other since birth we have been called on this journey that we are on and god solidified it with that one little occurrence and wow. it was something that was so interesting, strange, but it was interesting. And yeah. and it just, because when he called, I raised, yeah, Kim, you're here, but he wasn't there. Yeah. But he, at the time when he, when I heard his voice, he was praying in the spirit. And who knows, maybe I was praying in the spirit too. I just, I didn't wake anybody up, but that's just one little occurrence. You know, that's, yeah. but I have so many stories. I really do. I love do.
0: that. I love that. You know, um, I think about Samuel, you know, and, and he's, I've been studying Samuel, you know, the prophet Samuel, you know, his words never fell to the ground, everything he right. said came to pass, but remember on the journey when God spoke to him in the audible voice, mm-hmm. and uh, Saul was traveling to look for the donkeys. Do you remember that? Yeah, <laughs> right and they were really prophetically going to be on that prophetic journey together but right. you know one was over here and one was over here and and god used a donkey yeah so um <laughs> I, and i share that to share because you know um there's so many ways that god speaks to us prophetically through music through mm-hmm. you know prayer through song through people there's just so many ways that he speaks to us i love the story that you shared about the blue coat can you share that that was really powerful
1: Oh, yes. Yes. That blue coat. Yeah, uh, as well. See, um, uh, Kim was led by the by God to place his mantle upon me three times. The first time that this happened, uh, we were in Detroit, Michigan. Like I said, see, Detroit became our Bethel. Detroit was the place that God showed both Kim and I, we had to get to Detroit. See, when Kim uh, was saved, uh, he was stabbed in, in the church, maybe an inch from his heart it was you know he 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 wasn't serving the lord then he was high on drugs and he got into a you know into a confrontation with a guy and the guy stabbed him and he walked out into the streets and he laid out in the streets and he was actually dying and he called out he said jesus if you're still walking the streets today come and save me come and lift me up well a gentleman came over picked kim up took him to the hospital and led kim to the lord kim was 17 years old at 17 years old for me now he was in South Africa. I'm in love with Texas, 17 years old. I had a dream. I was always, always infatuated with three cities in the United States. New York being number one, Chicago being number two and then Los Angeles, Hollywood being number three. Me being uh, raised up in a small town. My parents was poor. I was like, man, I don't know if I ever get a chance to see these cities, but I wanna see these cities. Mm -hmm. Well, I would have dreams of going to New York, never making it. But on this one particular night, I was 17, I had a dream, I was in this city and I was surrounded by all these skyscrapers. And I said in the dream, I've made it, I'm in New York. But I heard a voice and that voice said, this is not New York. And I said, well, what is it? And the voice said, it's Detroit. And I said, "Well, what's in Detroit?" Because the only thing that I associated with Detroit, other than Motown, Motown had left Detroit by now. Mm-hmm. They're now in L.A., Los Angeles. Now, you know, I mean Hollywood. And yeah. so I said, "There's nothing in Detroit." Then the voice said, "Detroit is big." Fast forward. I start serving God. I start traveling with, uh, you know, with the prophet. God told Kim, "You must go to Detroit and dwell." For I'm going to form a sound in you for you will raise up the warriors of the new millennium. The new millennium, see, this is where we are right now
0: mm-hmm. in the
1: new millennium. Yeah. And so, uh, Kim got that mandate. We were in Detroit on this one particular night, it was the really the first night that we were there as far as starting this conference. Okay, this time in Detroit, a massive thunderstorm was going on, and the lights went out, and the only uh, instrument that was was able to be heard because we was right in the middle of worship was Kim's piano. He was playing an acoustic piano. And then the emergency lights came on and and, and so the lights kind of shone from the back of the, uh, uh, the room to the stage. And one light was on Kim and one light was on me. And Kim said, just keep singing. So we were singing a song, I love your word, I love your spirit and your voice. And then all of a sudden I had this, I have to call it an open vision because all of a sudden I saw this mist kind of over the people. And then that's I said, wow, what is this? And then that same voice when I was 17 years old said, Charlie, where are you? And that's when I said, I'm in Detroit. Then the voice said, Detroit is big. And that's when I realized, man, I had to get to Detroit. You see, that was our Bethel. Detroit was no longer Luz because Detroit was known for a city of violence, a lot of, uh, you know, just a lot of craziness there in Detroit, but it became the city of light for Kim and I. So the very next night, okay, after this meeting, Kim came into the meeting with a blue satin shirt on and I had a cotton shirt. Now, Kim and I, our meetings consisted of very radical high praise. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we were high praise for 30, 40, 40 minutes straight I mean, we just loved the high praise. It was just mm-hmm. something that we did. Yeah, And so we would sweat a lot, right? <laughs> and so I said, Kim, you going to sweat in that shirt? He said, oh, man, you don't know what you're talking about. I said, man, that's satin. That's going to stick to you. Ah, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. I had a cotton shirt on it his wife. So make a long story short, he did exactly that. He was sweating it the his shirt place was packed lance wall now was there dr lance wall now he said lance you got a word lance didn't have a word lance didn't know what he was going to say but kim and i went backstage and there was a thin curtain and you could see what was going on kim said change shirts charlie man this thing is driving me crazy and i said see i told you man this was going to happen now i gotta wear this sweaty shirt right but it was blue it was a blue shirt when we exchanged shirts he said this is prophetic He pulled me out there and he said, this mantle has been placed upon you and you had to get to this place because now from this place, now your destiny will begin to be revealed. It's like an unto revelations four one after John had written the the seven letters to the seven churches, right? Yes. Revelation four one says, now come up here for I'm going to show you the hereafter time or the hereafter this moment. When I got to Detroit, Kim got to Detroit. He took us up that mountain and showed us the hereafter. This moment, and that's when he prophesied destiny to me, and you know basically everything that I was going to do. That was the first time. It was a blue shirt. Ten years later, in 2005, he had a blue blazer on, but it was blue and white stripe. He placed that up on me. We were in Pasadena, California, and he prophesied. He said, "This mantle is coming up on you, and it's going to draw the prophetic out of you." it's going to draw it out of you. He said, I see a school, I see a school of base, treble and trouble prophets that God is going to raise up. And so FYI, I have started that school right now. So the school of base, treble and trouble prophets have, it's, you know, I've, I've already started it. Okay. So that was 2005. Now, 2014 going into 2015, 10 years later, it's uh, our last New Year's Eve event that I did with Prophet Kim. It was called "Death to Debt," and um, and 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 in that meeting, he said, "I want everyone to wear black and blue. You can have on, ladies, you can wear blue earrings, whatever it is, but you got to have on something blue." Then he looked at me and said, "Charlie, I want you to wear my coat that I bought in Europe." And I said, Kim, that's a thick coat, man. Why you? You know how we jump around. He said, I don't hear that. I want you to wear it. And I said, I mean, you're just trying to get back with, you know, you know, get back at me with the blue shirt in Detroit, you know. And so he said, No, I want you to wear that blue coat. So I did. Very powerful word came forth that night. Very powerful meeting. And that's when Kim talked about a sound that will come, a sound that will bring the old and the new together. And this sound will go through our neighborhoods because he said, I see churches being raised up in neighborhoods throughout this country, even throughout Europe. Neighborhoods would have an explosion of this sound likened unto what happened in the upper room in Acts. Okay? And so he prophesied this. After the service, I went to him, soaked coat, I mean coat, it was soaked, and I said, hey, man, here's the coat, Uh, but you know what? Let me dry clean it and then i give it back to you. He said, no, keep it. So I kept it, right? Well, a year and a half later, Kim transitioned, you know, over. And it was in 2017 that uh, I, was, I was in my time of prayer. I was doing some things. And, and uh, the spirit of God said, I want you to go upstairs. I want you to put that coat on and I want you to go downstairs. And I want you to look at that broadcast from, uh, uh, from 2014 going into 2015. I want you to look at that. And then at first I wrestled with God with that, you know, I said, man, I, you know, it's, Charlie, you're tripping. You know, I, I just didn't think it was him, but he wouldn't leave me alone. He wouldn't he leave me alone. Yeah. yeah. He, he just it wouldn't. Into
0: your head until you do it.
1: <laughs> so I, I said, man, I have to do this. And that was, one of, that was one of our longest broadcasts. And God, he said, listen from start to finish. So I sat down in my office put the coat on, had to turn the AC up a little bit. And I began to listen to that broadcast. And at the end of that broadcast, that's when God spoke to me. He said, Charlie, now you have stepped into the office that I called you to. Because Mm -hmm. guys, the first time I was in a Kim Clement meeting was back in 93. The first word that I got from God, really a powerful prophetic utterance that I got from God was from Kim Clement. And he said, you will walk in the office of a prophet one day. Don't run ahead, but you will walk in that office and you will prophesy on the streams, and the the power of the prophetic anointing is upon you. And then he said, the spirit of Elijah is upon you. And so that was the first word. And God says, do not run ahead. Do not run ahead, but wait and this day will come wait on the Lord. And so that's what happened. So God said to me, after I listened to that broadcast, he said, now you have stepped into this office and the sound, that word that came forth, you carry that sound. And everywhere you go, you will release that sound into the atmosphere. It's like planting the seeds of that word everywhere that I go, because I know that in neighborhoods, in neighborhoods, God is going to, come up on people it's not a coincidence guys that we are doing zoom calls streams streaming services people are streaming services in their homes yeah. people are sitting down in their homes and they are listening and receiving the word of god in their homes i know the holy ghost is going to come up on this and we're going to see an explosion of his spirit and so when god said this to me he also said this he said the first two times he placed that mantle upon you, I spoke through my servant, the prophet. But this third time, I speak to you directly. Mm. You have now stepped into the office that I have called you to. Go, my son, for I'm with you. And it just it just really blew me away.
0: Yes, it was definitely a, a prophetic journey for yeah. you and him. And when you were speaking, I, uh, the first time you put on that mantle was in Detroit. The second time was in California. Mm-hmm. And I was like, was the third time in New York by chance?
1: The third time was actually still in California, but it was in uh, our studio. It was in the den. And, mm-hmm. and you know, you basically what we called the den. But this is what is interesting about what you're saying. Do you know why
0: I'm saying that? Because when you were younger, those were the places. God had already right. seen that. Right, that's where you were going to get the mantle and didn't know it. didn't know <laughs> go it. ahead, I get excited, go ahead,
1: yeah, no, but but, but yes, I'm mean, you know basically what you're saying is correct because you see, when God told us to dwell, he told us to dwell in three places, okay, Detroit, okay, um New York, and then l a. Mm-hmm. It was Detroit, New York, and L.A. So New York was a place where I did go because God God knew I wanted to go. Now, I don't know why he left out Chicago, but Chicago, we did go to Chicago several times. and, And we had powerful meetings there in Chicago. But it was those three places, Detroit, New York, and L.A., that God told us to dwell to drop uh, the itinerant form of ministry. And that itinerant form of ministry was basically this. Kim would go from church to church. He would worship and he would preach and then he would prophesy with people. And if you ever experienced one of those meetings, the prophetic that was on Kim was just crazy. I mean, he, he, he the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom was so active in his ministry and powerful yeah and so he he, he 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 you know that's what we would do, but God told us, Stop, I want you to dwell in Detroit, and I want you to change your itinerant form of ministry. I don't want you doing that anymore because too many people are coming to you to get a word from me. I don't want that anymore. What I want you to do is create an atmosphere of worship yeah. so that people can draw nigh unto me so that they can hear me for themselves yes,
0: amen. and so
1: that's what we begin to do in detroit we worship guess what the cr- the crowds dwindled away and the offerings went <clears throat> went down in the toilet but god kept providing We did mm-hmm. the same thing in new york when we went to new york the first couple of times we went to new york the place was jam-packed with people we want to worry we want to worry we want to worry but kim would come out and we will worship
0: mm-hmm. and people
1: say well you know and so they wouldn't come did the same thing in California, in Hollywood, Fairfax. Yeah. Worship, worship, worship. On a given night, we would have 35 people, average, that would come to these meetings. Now imagine the finances that were coming in. Very low, but God kept supernaturally providing. And then finally, we did a, a meeting at the uh, Fairfax High School there in California where we were having these meetings where at first 35 people were showing up, but then we did a New Year's Eve that particular year. I think this one was 2004. I'm not real sure of the date, but we did a New Year's Eve meeting there and the place was jam-packed. And that's when Kim had a conversation with God via the song of the Lord, like unto what happened between David and God with Psalm 91. Because what happened there, God said to, to Kim, If you build me an altar in this place, I'll send the rain. And so Kim started singing that and he had everyone singing it. Now, the more we sung that and the more Kim sung it, you can see the expression on his face begin to change because this was a conversation between God and his servant, the prophet. Mm -hmm. God said, if you build me an altar in this place, I'll send the rain. So Kim began to sing. I will build you an altar in this place. So send the rain. And then he sung that a couple of times. And then the final stanza of this beautiful conversation between God and his prophet, God said, you have built me an altar in this place. So I will send the rain. And I remember Kim just weeping. It was was a beautiful moment. And what took place after that, that's when we started our online ministry and were it was 35 people that were coming to our meetings in California, only 35. When we started having our meetings down at the den, you know, you know how many would sit, uh, uh, you know, uh, that could seat in that auditorium it was only 35, 40 people. They would come, but via the internet, we had hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. that tuned in. God began to send that rain. Why? Because of his obedience. God told him, stop doing this. I want you to do this. Every time God asks you to do something, whenever God gives us a command, it's mostly above what we can think. It's it's above what, I I don't know if I'm able to do that. But if God asks you to do it, God sees something that we don't see. That's why we have to walk in faith. And that's what happened. And then ever since then, that's the reason why that ministry is still going today. God is honoring his word to his mm-hmm. servant. He was obedient. God is still sending the rain. The rain speaks of provision in this case. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful thing, man. I just I just love what God is doing.
0: Oh, mm. I do too. I do too. I wish we had so much more time. There's so much to share um as we're going to be coming to a close of course we're going to have you back on maybe we'll do a series of stories i would love that we have we to do a series of stories we have to and you're going to be with us in february uh, we're going to have the prophetic gathering we'll talk more about that later but that's exciting yes. and you know i wish that more churches would we we need more deliverance in our church services we need more healings we need more miracles we need more more of what you're talking about the prophetic atmosphere that's where the encounter comes in that's where people can experience the encounter because once you're in the glory like the glory cloud you spoke about and you're in that you don't want to leave i have a friend who's a pastor who just told me his service on sunday in texas was seven hours they were having to kick people they were having to like (laughs) escort people out it was a seven hour service because the glory was so thick and there are right. miracles taking place and deliverances and the, it's just that's we got to get back to that.
1: Yeah. Well, well that's what we're doing with uh I, I do a service with Dennis and Delora O'Brien. They're out of New York. Now they uh they live in Florida and we call we call it the gathering. And they they yeah. served up on the Kim for a while also. And Kim actually prophesied that they'd be doing this. And every you know, we're doing one next weekend, we'll be in New Jersey and our meetings last from five, sometimes to five and a half hours long.
0: I love it. And, I love and, to and hearing you play. I yeah, love to hear you play. You know,
1: yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so that is happening, you know.
0: Well, let me ask you as we're coming to a close, is there anything on your heart? Thank you for sharing those stories. Oh my gosh. I could just listen all day. I know there's so many. <laughs> um, is there anything on your heart that you feel the Lord would have you to share to the viewers? Anything prophetically or a word that you feel that's important for this time or this season?
1: Man, I have so much in my spirit. I think the one thing that has been driving me, there's, you know, there's scripture that that God has placed upon my heart to tell everyone to continue to do this. You know, with the power of the mainstream media and the power of social media, there's been so much which, which they have tried to dub upon us. What you know, whether you're Christian or conservative, uh, I, I don't really consider myself conservative. I just consider myself a son of God, mm-hmm. a child of God. And and you know, and um, but they 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 said, Well, you know, you got misinformation. Really, what's happening is that they are supplying misinformation. They're still in our rights as far as freedom of speech. In other words, they're trying to take this country out of the hand of God. And so the scripture that I keep telling everyone that you really must take in and become that very scripture is Romans 12, chapter 12, verses one and two, where it says this, I beseech you, my brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, for this is your reasonable service. Presenting your body as a living sacrifice is spending time. That's worship, that's prayer, that's spending time with God. And then when he says, this is your reasonable uh, 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 sacrifice, this is something that we should do daily. It's like getting up in the morning, when you get up, you have to brush your teeth. You know, you have to shower. If you don't, people will repel from you, amen? Mm -hmm. So that's a reasonable service. We have to look at spending time with God just like that and we're talking quality time now quality time could be five minutes but that five minutes is you and him you and him and i guarantee you the more you do that five minutes will turn into 10. 10 minutes will turn into 20. 20 will turn into 45. all of a sudden man i'm late man i'm on my lunch i'm late i gotta get back to work do you see what i'm saying so Mm -hmm. the more time you spend with him the more the closer you will come to him. And then when you get in his presence, it's hard to leave, right? It's hard to leave. So yeah, when we leave. do this, this is our reasonable service. Then that scripture says, do not be conformed to this world. Right. If you do this, okay, if you spend time with God, like I just said, presenting your body daily, you you won't even want to conform. You say, I will not conform. I don't care what the world is telling me. The world is telling me I gotta do this. I gotta take this. The world is telling me I gotta put this across my face. The world is telling me I have to do this, I have to do that. No, uh, uh. because when you have spent that kind of time with God, you know exactly that the world is coming against God anyway. They don't have anything in common. This world system don't have anything in common with God. So you ain't going to even think about conforming to what the world says. But what's happening is that your mind is being renewed. A metamorphosis is taking place. You are changing into that image that we originally were created in, the image of his son. And then when that happens, then you will be able to prove, discern, know, the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. That's in every area of your life. That's yes. in your workplace. That's in your relationships, yes. okay? That's yes. in the church that you go to. That's even when it comes to voting and, and, and being involved because too many, too many times the church say, said, you know, we don't need to get involved with politics. Yes, we do. We need righteous people to be leaders. That would do the things that God has commissioned us to do, so anyway, that's amen. one of the main things
0: amen, amen thank you so much, Charlie. Tell the viewers how they can get in touch with you uh website or information
1: uh, my website my website is kind of challenged right now, but okay, it's very any, simple any way to
0: get in touch with you
1: <laughs> well, they can email me and it's very simple it's base the Lord that's it's spelled b a s s t-h-e-l-o-r-d at gmail.com or my name charlie jordan one word at m-a-c that's mac.com okay and my website is charliejordan.com just www.charliejordan.com awesome and so that's one way that they can get in touch with me
0: wonderful well thank you so much for being with us today on destiny x until next time we'll have charlie's information at the bottom of the screen you can reach us at destinyx.tv. thank you and god bless